0: On Drugs with David Birnbaum.
1: Hey, Gabe. Thanks for joining me. Hey, David. Thanks for having me. Um, So I think you're a great first guest to have, especially for the topic I want to cover, because you're one of the few people I know who's actually never used drugs. Um, And, you know, that's saying something as well, because... I think many people and especially older people would be surprised that like everyone I know does drugs. um, Right. Um, Which is which is interesting. But what I wanted to talk about today is why it's important to talk about drugs and why it's seemingly difficult to talk about drugs properly. Um, And, you know, I think those two are, are related, but for me. I can't help, but you know, I'm, I'm very interested in both sex and drugs as topics and demystifying them and that kind of thing. And to me, they're both sort of not PC let's say because of uh, the religious conservative history more so whereas a lot of not PC stuff today comes from the let's call it left wing and you can't upset people. But these two things are like broadly accepted and celebrated in some aspects of the left culture but not from the right culture. And and we won't get into like that specifically, but that's one thing I find really interesting about it. Um, but then also it seems that people, you know, these are sort of more personal things and because people are worried how they'll be received if they do talk about it, that, you know, they don't want to share their experience and this sort of thing. So it's like this weird, interesting um mess basically and it feels like we just need to sort of break through and be able to talk about this stuff rationally. Um what do you think about that and, and the sort of framing as to why it seems to be difficult to talk about this topic?
0: Yeah, I think I definitely agree with the assessment that it is a remnant of some sort of the sort of Christian morality um certainly from an older time in this country. Um, you know, so you know, far far enough back, you think, you know, puritanical times and that sort of very stifling religious um, control over all social aspects um, in society. And that certainly wasn't uniform across the United States. But, you know, think about the Puritans, think about, you know, the Quakers, think very tight knit religious communities like that, that then had a future, right? They they uh, went into the future of the country in, in one way or another. But more broadly, I mean, even thinking back to earlier in the 20th century, there was much more of a, you know, uniformity or I don't know how you, exactly you'd like to say it, but um, there was definitely more of, certainly in the 80s, a push towards that sort of right side of prim and proper, you know, we don't, you know, it's looked down upon to do stuff like drugs or things to access, if you want to call it that. Mm. Um, and there was a great rejection of that, you know, in the culture too. I mean, look at the music, the styles of the eighties, there was a lot of pushback from the young kids against their, what they saw as their waspy parents. Right. Um, yeah. But, but I think the the drug element, I, I certainly think that there's a, there's a taboo element of that, that, that kind of comes in from the, the young mind saying, well, my parents say I shouldn't do this which makes me want to do it type thing, right? There's certainly that element there. Um, but I also think there's an element of escapism that comes in, um, you know, think, think about the times where I'm, t- I'm talking about right now, the eighties, right? Cold War era, things were a little bit dark, man. I mean, th- you know, it wasn't a happy, jolly time. I mean, there was also an element of, you know, maybe real life kind of sucks. So why don't we try and pep things up a little bit with, you know, drug use of some kind. Right. So I think it was a combination of factors, but that's, you know,
1: right. And what that brings to mind is like, you know, as the sort of the counteraction or like the pendulum swinging away from this anti-drug mentality is, v- I think two pro drugs, right? It's like the friends who I know who talk about drug use in at least their circles openly, they just talk about how great it is, how it expands your mind and how it's like a beneficial thing. Most people, if not everyone should do drugs. Right. Right. And, and even when you think of like the sixties movement, it was like drugs for everyone. Right. And so it's like, because that's where the pendulum swung or swings, like, people like me don't necessarily want to be associated with that and so if i do happen to partake once in a while i could be grouped in with that and so there's like a fear of association as well rather than kind of being able to stand and say no no this is a, I I disagree with both of you let's find the right like middle of the road approach to okay, there's probably some benefits for some people. Not everyone should do it. You should be thinking actively about the value it brings to you if you do choose to do it and that sort of thing. And, and I think there's like, I also think though, the point you made about the the view of the parents is, is big because I think a lot of people, you know, there's also an aspect that it's still illegal. Right. And so those both play a a role but it's like no i can't talk about this like i know i can like (laughs) rebel but i can't tell my parents i'm going against them right Right. and i think that mentality is still um, even with many of my adult friends like they wouldn't tell their parents that they've done drugs even though like they're all adults now they don't want to have like that sort of relationship with their parents or whatever and that's something like you know i'm honest with my parents so that's something that hasn't been programmed into me, I suppose, of this like year, but that's an interesting part of the dynamic. And I, yeah. And I do think because they're illegal people, and even now they're starting to be legal in some places, weed is legal in Canada. Um, I heard Oregon just decriminalized all drugs actually as well.
0: Um, Yeah. In certain amounts. Yeah. but So
1: so it'll be interesting to see how long it takes to, have people be able to talk about this more openly? Because I don't Mm. still see it in any sort of respectable manner in Canada, at least, right? So weed's been legal maybe like about a year now or something. It's been legal medicinally much longer than that. And people have been using it just totally openly for a long time, um, as far as I'm aware, but people aren't talking about it properly, right? People aren't talking about it in the manner I I would like to, and I think is important.
0: Yeah. And, I th- and you raise a good point there. I mean, you know, the part of the reason why people, I, there are so many elements that that I'd like to pull on there, but, but briefly, you know, the, the reluctance to talk about it in an open sense, the way that you're saying that there's a lot to do with that package deal element that, you know, oh, you do drugs. Oh, you're a certain type of person or, oh, you don't do drugs. Oh, you're a certain type of person. And I, you know, those things can be heard variably in different circles, right? I mean, the You know, I remember back in high school, you know, kind of middle school, high school age uh, growing up, there was certainly an element of, and and I'm sure you remember something like this as well. Like, oh, you haven't done that. Why haven't you done this? Like, you know, are you a, whatever the term is, are you a prude? Are you a, whatever the, you know, the, the nomenclature is of the day. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a little bit of that teamsmanship that's played in, in high school, you know, middle school high school and I'm not sure where that comes from I don't know I'm sure if that's the oh you know like you're averse to danger in some way right and that reflects on your character but and then on the other side right if you go into completely other circles you know at some party in college that's prim and proper I'm thinking of like a bring a bottle of wine to the party rather than bring a a a bottle of jack right right um you know like those sorts of you know more grown-up parties or whatever and it comes out somebody says oh yeah, I've, I've done this or that, you know, I've, I've smoked weed once or something. And every single time there's that, there's that one girl or, or guy clutching their pearls, like, oh my gosh, I thought you were a different person. Like, right. it, it's just, you know, but it's like, wait, wait, why, what, why is that so scandalous? Like, you know, you know, nothing else other than, you know, and this isn't me, but somebody else, you know, yeah. nothing else than I've smoked weed. You know, it could be medicinal. I could have a a chronic problem that brings me a lot of pain and marijuana helps, you know, alleviate that pain or manage that pain. And you just made this judgment, this very scandalized, oh my gosh, you know, you're that kind of person judgment without knowing any of the relevant details, right? And so that's that's the broad strokes approach that really ought not to be a part of society today. I mean, we ought to be able to talk about these things.
1: Yeah, and I think, I mean, you give the average adult too much credit if you think that <laughs> phenomenon is mainly or mostly in like you know, middle high school and into university because I think many people now it's the same like uh you know and I have that experience especially with some older people of like the older people who wouldn't admit they smoked weed but do versus the ones who think like oh my goodness you're a heathen right i remember vividly this one conversation between my sister and like a great aunt about marijuana use and it was just like on the verge of explosive basically but um but i want to highlight that it's not just for medicinal use and it's not just weed right because that's sort of like the that's where the line is right now right Like, and I'm like, no, this line's totally wrong. We need to blow it up, right? I I
0: agree. I agree. Yeah, I think it's a bad line. So yeah, continue on. Yeah,
1: Yeah, because, you know, I I know people who've done, so like in my circles in university, there was basically drug use of every sort other than heroin, right? Like, so I don't know anyone who went that far, but cocaine, mushrooms, LSD, acid, like Mm -hmm. this was, I didn't partake and it was sort of like, the the it was almost like I was an outcast I wasn't as close to this one group of friends that I was quite close with but they were the ones who did these drugs together and I wasn't into that so I couldn't bond as deeply right but I think it's important like to be able to talk to them or others openly why do you actually do this why do you think this is a good decision for your life why do you think this adds value I have a friend right now who's you know a bit younger than I am trying to find himself trying to explore and he thinks drugs are like a must. He thinks he can't do that properly without drug use, but I'm like but we're not able to talk about that openly because right. you know he doesn't want people to know he's trying LSD and mushrooms and these sorts of things. But right. like it's so important because you have a lot of especially young adults now who are lost I think trying to explore trying to find themselves and just kind of melting their brain potentially right <laughs> like um or at least it's it's an important conversation to have so i think you know that's shift i suppose i shifted gears a bit in, in terms of why it's important to talk about it as well not just why it's difficult but it's important because these are like decisions people are making these are like people's lives that are being affected and they're not able to you know think out loud about it they're not able to get information there's not easily accessible information that isn't either like prudish or you know just totally open and and i think i think it will accelerate even the science like everything will accelerate if we can start talking about this stuff properly and that's even you know setting aside for now the the like much further down the line of like opiate addiction heroin addiction and like the actual mental health the the social implications like of excessive drug use like this is a big problem that we're not able to talk
0: about because,
1: you know, my friend can't admit he's done mushrooms or whatever, right?
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, the, like the available information is propagandized one day, one way or the other, right? So like, you know, for somebody who's trying to go out and find the information, it, it maybe not isn't as bad now, but certainly when I was growing up. It was, you know, you either find the D.A.R.E. posters or whatever the D.A.R.E. site that says, well, you know, if you even look at drugs the wrong way, you're going to die or something. Right? We had a cop
1: come in in grade six, give a presentation with a here's a here's what all the drugs look like. This is weed. It's the gateway drug. If you do weed, you will get addicted to heroin and die. Right.
0: Right. It's that it's. Yeah, exactly. It's like that that meme of. You know, oh, the, there's absolutely no line, right? There's there's no way to control. You're you're out of control of your choices once you start on something. All your choices are out the window because right. you can no longer affect your life. I mean, it's 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 a way I, of robbing yeah. you of your free will, right? Or at yeah, least they're I didn't trying to commit that you
1: connection. That. Yeah, that's that's really interesting.
0: Well, I mean, it's a way of of de, uh, well, taking away importance or facility facility from people's choices right which is Mm -hmm. just rampant in the culture I mean you know and, and you get this with addiction too I'm sorry to go on a tangent but real quickly you get this with addiction as well which actually does have something to do with this drug conversation so hopefully it's relevant but with a lot of times you hear people discuss addiction and what addiction means and and there's this really strange sometimes insidious propensity for people to say or to go too far to one side saying addiction has nothing to do with your choice. That has nothing to do with your free will, you know, and all, all these very definitive nothings right mm. now, it's a conversation about how, how chemical dependence comes in, what addiction really means in terms of biochemistry and, you know, chemical dependencies and things that you, you know, can't actually stop taking for whatever reasons. Right. Mm. That's, that's a different conversation. Um, But to say that there's absolutely no room in the conversation for choice, for free will, for personal, you know, the efficacy of the mind to do something about your situation, all because you're addicted to something, Mm. I think that's a stretch too far. I I, I really do. And I think it robs people of an essential tool to get through things like that, right? Because there are always choices you can make. You can make the choice to go to AA. You can make the choice to get help of some kind. You can make the choice to confide in somebody in a certain way that helps you in in that exact way right to choose to help to find the help that you need those are all choices right that people should be empowered to make and not just oh you're addicted well you know your whole life is determined like and
1: i I think that's that kind of thing i think it's a really important point and i think that's kind of like i think this Like demystifying the conversation as a whole is the first step towards being able to have those conversations properly. Because, like, again, you have to set the baseline of knowledge and of awareness of the topic for someone to even know. Like, they don't, and especially if they're then labeled and they're outcast. And, like, we said, there's like, you know, you can be in basically three groups the no drug group, the drugs are okay and they're not destroying your life, but do them as much as you want in as long as that's not happening and that you're destroying your life and now no one else cares about you, right? Like that's basically the way the culture breaks it up in my view. And so like there needs to be a place where wherever your relationship is with drugs that you can get the information you need, that you can understand and you can hear from other people who, you know, I recently, or an upcoming episode, I suppose, um, you know, I talked to my stepdad, who's a recovered recovering, I suppose, because they're never he says they never say they're recovered, but a recovering. He's been 20 years sober. He was a heroin at it. And like, you know, if there's someone who is struggling with that, who can hear him and understand, OK, no, this like they understand and they got out of it. Here's how they think about it. That's valuable. That's beneficial versus just being kind of othered shoved aside and then put into programs. And you know, who knows the actual methodology of all of these programs, whether or not they're effective, how they relate to someone's free will, or if they just have to submit whatever it is. Right. Sure. Um, And so it's so important. And that kind of brings me back to also, it's another parallel with sex, but it's about people's initial exposure. Right. Uh-huh. Why do people get to the point where they're addicts, where they think or they have lost control of their life? And it's about what is the information you get originally, right? So, in, in this show I'm doing on sex, I talk about like, you know, we have an episode on how did we first learn about sex? I watched American Pie and read a book named by Tucker Max, who's just like a degenerate getting drunk and trying to sleep with women, right? Uh-huh. And that's how I learned about sex. I learned about drugs it similarly right not quite uh, but basically i actually it was it was potentially worse because i learned about drugs from the stoner kids at my high school right and it's like so i was learning from 16 year olds right um and so yeah then no wonder people like it's it's a vector right like the way you uh, start a relationship with something like that it can get you on a really bad track and you can always reset i'm not saying like i agree there is free will but it can be a very long path back
0: to the oh, yeah. change. It depends direction. on the direction and the magnitude of the vector. Yeah. Right. So that's a great analogy. Um, I, I, yeah. I bring it back to, bring it back uh, to something that you just, or something that you've been repeatedly saying, uh, it, which is I think is really important is the information, right? The information aspect and, you know, coming back to a little bit of your original question, why do we have such a hard time talking about this? I, and, and, the related, the sort of the corollary to that is, why is why is the information so hard to come by when we most need it? Right? I mean, you know, kids, kids, people. Whenever they start doing drugs, you know, kids or not, you know, usually it's younger. Whatever, um, you know, they they. There's a dearth of information, good information, not polluted information, not the if you you know sniff a, a single little leaf of marijuana. You know, you're going to die like, you know, by somebody who clearly has no idea what they're talking about. Right. Who comes to your class and is authoritative in some way. Right. Yeah. Or or the oh, dude, everything's fine. It's all lies. It doesn't do anything to you. It's great. Heroin, whatever. You know, like we yeah. all have met somebody like that in our lives. Right. It's a conspiracy, man. Like it's all fine or whatever. You know, there's got to be something in between that that is at least more towards objective truth right Mm. and it should be readily available i mean this should be something that's easy for people to find to say you know when they when it first occurs to them hey i'm thinking about doing a b or c for for whatever reason obviously i'd like them to think through their reasons right because you know engagement of the mind is is a huge part of this but whenever they're having that that discussion in their minds maybe internal that introspection It should be dead easy to say, you know, for them to go spend five minutes and learn everything they need to know or they think they need to know about the potential risks, you know, to actually fill in a cost benefit analysis. That's the problem here is that the cost benefit analysis is so muddied by either one side, which is the never do it, it's awful, you'll be shamed, you'll be hurt, you'll be mentally. you know, retarded or or whatever, you know, way you want to put it, you'll be brain damage, you know, you'll have brain damage, or the everything's gonna be fine, don't worry about it, it's gonna be the time of your life, great time, you know, or it's
1: no, it's not just that it's this helps you, this is a necessity to be better at in your mind,
0: right? Yeah, even to the point of if you don't do it, man, you're missing out on something like you're, you're just I mean, there's this whole other section of life that you're a whole other universe. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So, and, and, I mean, both of those are perspectives that are muddied by these extreme, kind of ill-informed in certain different ways, viewpoints, right? And so with a kid, obviously, you, or or with a mind that isn't fully engaged and and can easily be persuaded, let's say, as in a mind for a particular subject like drug use, the first time use type mind, right? Where you don't have the experience, it could be really easy to be tricked by one of these sides without really doing the mental work, finding the information that you need, and then making a decision based on the information, right? Because either A, you don't have the information, or B, you're shamed away from it for some reason. And, you know, that's not the way to make decisions. It's not it's not to be shamed away from from doing something for for one on one side or the other, as we said. Um, right.
1: And, and I think that's kind of, that really touches on and, and helps me bring home the point of what I'm trying to do here, is I think... In order for someone to really feel like they're getting the proper approach and the information they need, they need to see that people are basically, I think, open to the ideas and learning with them, let's say. And so that might not be the best phrasing, but it's not just like, oh, I'm, I'm getting dictates from one side or the other. How do right. I know if it's accurate? Right. And so what I'm trying to do here is bring people in who are willing to be honest about where they're at. You know, whether or not they view things as having been mistakes in the past or not, and whatever their current reality is, accept that, own it, and say, I want to learn more, right? Like, I want to learn more about drugs. I want to learn about weed use and other drug use, like in the culture and the history and whatever it is. And that way, if someone is also interested, they see that I'm not here telling them the answer. I'm here trying to ask the questions they're asking and then trying to find the right answer myself with them. Right. Right. And I think that's what's really interesting and so important and the most difficult because we get back to, well, why aren't people willing to talk about it? Right. And it's because it's, it's, it's this uh, it's this perpetual cycle of, well, I don't want to be the first one. It's uncomfortable. What if I, you know, lose my job or what if someone finds out and you know, the, there's this you know prim and proper person who will reject me my family will disown me or whatever it is people have their reasons and i you know some may be valid but i think it's important to sort of break through that um you know because that i i mean i think out loud i i want to be able to explore this and i think it's a valuable resource so i i want to just sort of touch on if we may kind of what each of our experiences are with drugs and how we think of it in our in our own lives So uh, I'll go first briefly. So I've at various times tried, like I was a pretty regular and relatively heavy weed user, which, you know, I think is a big problem. I started when I was uh, 16, like, and then just, it's been, had. I've had issues with it for a long time. I was an excessive alcohol user in university, but it was more so just like the thing to do. I've tried cocaine. I've tried mushrooms. I think those are the that's my experience. And it was kind of just me not thinking. Right. I was just right. in an environment. This is what's going on. Oh, yeah, sure. That Let's try it. Oh, OK, that wasn't that good or whatever it was. Um, and, you know, some people will be. abhorred uh, by me and will never talk to me again because I admit this use but like, then they don't wanna to talk to me, right? Like I have, this is a reality of decisions I've made that I don't, still don't know exactly how I feel about them. But for me, like, it's a fact of reality that I've done that thing. Right. And so I, like, I have no problem owning up to it. Like, hopefully I don't get charged, uh, you know, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm joking. Like, I don't think there's a concern, right? Cause the thing yeah. is like, some of these things were illegal to do. Sure. Um, but anyway, so that's my relationship with it. And I think, you know, I don't want people to make the same mistakes I made, to have the same experiences I had, to, uh-huh. to not have any clue what they're doing and also just be kind of encouraged to use drugs, right, right. For, for whatever reasons. And, right. and, and it runs the whole gambit. Again, like I was encouraged by peers to use drugs and harder things and I didn't. But my stepdad in the upcoming conversation, his family, he was in the projects and his cousins did heroin and they were like, hey, why not? Right. And, and right. so you need resources for people to actually learn and talk about this stuff, regardless right. of, of that. So, but, so I'm interested in sort of one, your thoughts on. Are you going to shun me? Are we not friends anymore because of my <laughs> drug use You're, But um, I, I'm interested in your thoughts and then kind of your your relationship with drug use as well.
0: Sure. Well, first off, don't worry about that because I don't care. <laughs> We're still friends, buddy. Uh, nice. No. <laughs> um, so my my experience, uh, you know, some some might find it a little bit boring, but the the main thing, um, I, I I was on a trajectory to uh, employment with one of the national labs, um, still am, uh, in the United States. Uh, so along with that comes a an understanding, right. A, a, they forbid you from any drug use. There's random drug testing, all of that kind of stuff, pre-employment drug tests, random drug tests. Um, And there's also potential for polygraphs. So it's not even that, you know, I could have done it and I can lie about it. I, I can't lie about it or or else I get fired. Right. And so from an early age, from when I was around 14, 15, 16, somewhere in there, I had kind of known, I wanted to seek employment at, at one of these national labs and, and I come from a family, several of my, well, so my dad, my uncles and my grandpa all worked at the National Labs. So I was kind of familiar with the culture. And that's sort of what started me on that path. And I was very interested in the science. I mean, some of the coolest science is at the National Labs, uh, in my humble opinion. And so from that early time, I you know, kind of recognized that that was something I, I wouldn't be able to do. And I took it seriously enough at that time, which, you know, in retrospect, I'm happy about (laughs) uh, that, you know, I kind of had to be the, I don't know how you want to say it, but, you know, maybe, yeah, the square. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was the dude who didn't do that stuff, you know, it's like, come on, Gabe, come on, why aren't you, you know, come on, and I just, you know the the better friends that I had would usually have a little bit more understanding and say all right that makes sense cool we're not going to push you or whatever the people I didn't know obviously I just kind of had to learn how to stand my ground and you know keep to my reasons and all that stuff uh but uh yeah I mean so I, I never had that exposure directly for that reason um and and you know that's that's really the only reason i mean if if you were to in isolation ask me what i do that what i what i certainly marijuana um but even psychedelics for various reasons right i mean there are all sorts of studies that talk about the the therapeutic elements of of psychedelics or just the fun elements of psychedelics i mean let's not even talk about self-help and medication i mean like you said the line shouldn't be medicinal i mean it's it's not it's that that's not you know if, if you're doing it recreationally, you know, you should be shamed. If you're doing it medicinally, you're fine. That that's, that's not a good line to have at all. I mean, mm. decisions are much more complex and they should, the, the thought process should be more complex than that for why people are doing this. And there are good reasons that are not medicinal to do these things. Right. Um, so, you know, if it were up to me and all, all the laws were completely changed and all the, you know, requirements were different, I certainly would be willing to, to, you know, take a foray into certainly marijuana and probably, you know, shrooms, LSD, that kind of stuff, Um, you know, to, to explore, to, you know, for various reasons, as I said, that, you know, we could go into or not, but I mean, to, to explore this stuff, I mean, see how these things affect you, see how the thought process, you know, is affected and thereby learn more about the non-affected thought process. Right. That's kind of my, uh, that would be my reason for, for entering into the fold there. But, yeah. So, so I, I, haven't done any of those things. Uh, I've seen from the outside. I've had many friends that have, um, to various degrees. I had a couple of friends in college that went, uh, very far. Um, and, and there, are, there are some consequences that they're suffering. I mean, I, I had, uh, uh, at least one friend comes to mind that went into cocaine use and I think he might, I, I kind of stopped talking to him at one point cause he disappeared for a while, but, um, he, we haven't seen him for a while, so we're not sure how he's doing. Um, he, last I heard he, he, he was in a pretty, having a pretty bad time. Um, so, so to varying degrees, but of course I, I have friends that do, uh, you know, much, much less than that, if you want to call it that, uh, you know, or, or quantify it that way. Yeah. Um, you know, regular weed, weed users and, you know, they're, they're doing fine. They're doing great. They, a lot of them have their happy day jobs that are totally unaffected and it's just no big deal, which that's the way I've always regarded it from, you know, from my perspective is it Mm. has never been a big deal to me. It's just something I can't partake in. I mean, I, I drink alcohol. I, I actually really enjoy smoking cigarettes, but I've tried to stop smoking cigarettes, um, which I'm not anymore. I'm quitting right now. I I have been not, not smoking for a while, but those are, those are the chemical things that I've uh, participated in, uh, so that's that's where my experience ends.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. So that's that's really interesting. I appreciate you sharing that. A couple of things come to mind. One, if we had met in university, I would not have liked you as someone who like <laughs> was like on the straight edge path, right? Cuz I I was very much not that. So that's really interesting yeah. to hear the contrast. Though I suppose um, yeah, I'll give myself a little bit of credit if you really were dedicated to a career goal, I would have potentially enjoyed that as well. Because I did have some friends um, who didn't partake in drinking and and drug use and stuff that I met through, like, I was studying engineering. So there were people who took that seriously. And that's why they were in school, which was not why I was in school. But like, I just didn't understand it. (laughs) Like, it just made, like, what do you mean you're prioritizing something other than this, right? Um, (laughs) So it's really interesting, though, because the other thing that comes to mind that Well, two other things that come to mind that we can't we can't get into this episode is one. Yeah. About the actual like, um, you know, hierarchy of values and where does this fit? And, you know, okay, I have a career that doesn't allow it. I know friends who put their careers at risk because they do have drug test, random drug tests. And they kind of they play with that and hope (laughs) hope they don't get caught. And so like that's a really interesting conversation to have as well. But then also I'm interested in and I'd not thought of it this way but I actually have like a much more anti-drug stance at the moment, but I've had a hard time teasing out my personal experience. I have addictive tendencies. I go over the top. I have a hard time mediating my use and I, I tend to project that onto, okay, drugs are bad. They must be bad. That kind of thing. Cause it's, again, there's two camps that my mind can play into. And I personally have to be closer to one than the other. And it's hard for me to separate that out. But what you said is, I think another just for the value of life, right, for the enjoyment of life, this is worth talking about, because I think a lot of people and especially in some of the communities we're in would still be very anti drugs writ large, like it melts your brain, it clearly and it's like, well, we don't actually know enough. And there are like, I do see that there's value if I could once a month, you know, smoke some weed and it's just an enjoyable experience that's part of life life is for me to enjoy it and it's difficult to kind of just state that clearly um especially when we don't know the repercussions the long-term side effects of weed use or other drug use and this sort of thing and it's very difficult to have that specific conversation of "No, no no if i do want to smoke weed once per month on average because it's just the thing I want to do for the night. It's enjoyable. That's what I used to do. like when I was in university, I never liked smoking and doing things. If I was smoking, I just wanted that to be the thing I was doing, right? It's just an sure. enjoyable to experience. Um, and that seems like the like impossible conversation to have. And I think that's an important, especially at the start of this project and this exploration, a really important, sort of thing to have a value orientation of, there is a potential that these could add value and enjoyment to my life, to other people's lives as well. And I don't wanna say that, you know, let's just, again, it's not that, oh, let's everyone do as much drugs as we want. It's like, no, life is about enjoyment. If there is a value in exploring and, and trying mushrooms or whatever else, like I'm very, very dismissive of my friends right now who do that. Um, I think they're wrong. I think they're melting their brain, but uh, whatever it is, but I don't know. Right. And so I think that that way you framed it is very interesting and important, and helps break me out of sort of both of this uh, thinking patterns I have one is objectivist one is Buddhist, and both seem to be quite anti drugs, in that sense. So it's interesting to kind of try and tease that apart and, and approach it more, let's call it active mindedly. Mm
0: Sure. Well, yeah. And and quickly, I mean, the, the, I think the thing that pops out to me from what you were just saying was it doesn't have to be from a hedonistic perspective, right? Or from a hedonistic motivation. It doesn't just have to be pleasure, right? Um, Unadulterated by other thinking, other, uh, you know, engagement of the mind right it Mm -hmm. for your example of smoking weed once a month on average you know whatever the the value is let's just say smoking weed at some time some place for some duration you know it doesn't have to just be this is going to make me feel good uh oh why are you doing it it's going to make me feel good for well what else goes into it i mean are you smoking weed instead of going and doing something that you promised that you were going to do that's a different context Oh, no, right. I planned on doing this. You know, I'm not I'm not skipping out on my friends or something. Oh, OK. Is it going to yeah, hurt yeah. you? No, it's not. So it's like there's all sorts of other calculus that goes in yeah. to support that this is a pleasure, an element of pleasure. But it's also enhancing, you know, it, it, it's it's enabling the pursuit of certain values without sacrifice of other values. That's the whole idea here.
1: Yeah. And I didn't you're not mean sacrificing to... values to it. I didn't mean to project onto you like a hedonistic viewpoint. Sure. It was more so that's kind of how it came across because it was untying. Like, it, even if it's just like, it doesn't damage any of my other values. And for one night I want to do this because it's enjoyable the same way I can just sit and listen to music or whatever. Like that's still acceptable. It's hard for me to accept that right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I, cause I've always struggled personally with, like if I'm not actively pursuing my productive purpose every single moment, <laughs> yeah. Like that's wrong, right? And so, like, weed use, for example, doesn't actively help me pursue my productive purpose. Um, so I just like it was a helpful thing for me. But yeah, I didn't mean to um, to imply that you were you were advocating the hedonistic lifestyle.
0: Sure, sure. And it's probably my mistake that that I implied that. I mean, I think more so it struck me because I know you and and you know you're a very very thoughtful uh, person. I think I, it was kind of implicit for me that, that that wasn't the case for your example, but I, I think for an average person that, that would say that, or for somebody who I didn't know who would say you know, those exact words or something similar to those words, Maybe it could be a, a, you know, not knowing anything else about them or their motivations. It's like, well, it's not just pleasure. I mean, right. there's other things about it. Um, but I, I know that you have a hierarchy of values outside of that. So, uh, you know, it's just kind of implicit, I guess.
1: Right, right. No, and I, I appreciate that. And that makes sense. And I think it's just like, it's like when we're talking about this, it's we have to make sure always, okay, no, but we're not in that camp. We're not in that camp. We're right. not in that camp. We're not in that camp.
0: <laughs> right. We're just
1: trying to talk about it objectively and walk down the middle right, right. so it's
0: yeah, it's, it's funny that we
1: both have to kind of do that but i think yeah. it's uh, good well yeah. so this was a really really great conversation and it actually like expanded my thinking on it a bit so i appreciate it do you have any last thoughts on anything we covered today
0: oh gosh we covered a lot of ground which is great i mean we could make five episodes of this um yeah well, I, hope I think we'll come
1: back sometime
0: Absolutely. I will. Yeah, I'll definitely be back. Um, But yeah, I think uh, I've I've added quite enough. I think uh, probably draw a line here for me. Uh, But yeah, thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, I look forward to having you on as a guest some other time soon.
0: Thanks, David.